There's no one right way to life, wife, or parent. I'm an empty nester with a full life. I'm a young mom who is sometimes running on empty. I am color in the lines. I'm running with scissors. I'm sensible shoes, sometimes taking myself far too seriously. I'm holding it together with three bobby pins and a lot of self-deprecating humor. I'm Aunt Mara, an emotional health therapist. I'm Nis Kira, a wellness advocate. Together, we're Sandy and Shwani, bridging generations to pass down wisdom, uptake vitality, take whatever is bringing you down, and lift you up. Table talk with takeaways for an elevated life today. We're Mood Mamas. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome to Mood Mamas. Today we're going to talk about love and romance, that ooey gooey, squishy goodness. Uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day is just around the corner and however you want to celebrate or celebrate all month long or just all year long, this episode is about connection with your partner, you know, and connection with yourself. Show up for yourself and show up for your partner. How to make a more rewarding relationship. Yeah, I'm a little intimidated. I feel like I'm out of my league with you. Says the person that's been married over 30 years. <laughs> no, I'm out of my league. Like, what can I talk about versus 30 years of marriage? I, that's, I have so many questions to ask on that. I'm like, I hope I don't reveal anything that would be embarrassing or incriminating to myself <laughs> or anyone else. I think that the conversations like this need to be more prominent because otherwise, okay, so... In England, I have a former coworker who is from England, and it's not as sexualized. Like the figure, they show nipple all the time. They show men and female genitalia in a lot of uh, movies, but it's not censored. But then at the same time, because that's always there, it's not as taboo. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a huge undertone of taboo and misinformation that goes about because there's not enough positive healthy conversations around the topic because it's our own insecurity. Like some of those situations even come up with bells. I'm like, I was going to be different. I was like, where the table? She's like, where do babies come from? I'm like, oh, I've been planning for this for a long time. And oh, and luckily Cody had the whole thing and he just smoothed everything over and only, you know, asked more questions than gave answers. Smart. He was great. I ruined that. Like I was like, I, was, <laughs> I probably did more research on the subject than he did, but I, I couldn't because I have my own stuff to figure out. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. The thing I don't like in the world is when we feel like we have to do something because the calendar tells us to. I know there's a lot of people who are anti-Valentine's. In fact, we have friends who got married on Valentine's and they celebrate on the half year because it's such a ridiculous night. So if you're saving all your love, all your praise, all your affection for one night a year, that's unhealthy. <laughs> I totally agree with you. No, but it should just be another excuse to celebrate. There you go. Just like a birthday. It's just an excuse to tell somebody how wonderful they are and celebrate that they exist on the planet. Right? Just like doing the dishes or going to work every day. We should celebrate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to even know where to start when you look at the topic because obviously we could just dive into here's the 10 best date ideas or here's 20 ways to make your bedroom more steamy. But I want this to be a little bit more. Not that we won't give you those things too. I mean, we can give you resources for that, but 
how do we talk about creating a rewarding relationship, creating memories that bring you close together, that, that make you laugh together, that make you know that this person has your back all the time? Intimacy. So John Gottman, he wrote seven principles for making a marriage work. He said, the determining factor in whether wives feel satisfied with sex, romance, passion in their marriage is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. For men, the determining factor is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. So men and women come from the same planet after all. Wow, that is powerful. Because we always think that men need the intimacy in order to feel close, and then women need the closeness in order to have intimacy. So that's fascinating. And I totally trust Gottman. He is a marriage and relationship expert. Okay, so you and Clayne have been married 31 years, right? Correct. 31 years. Would you say that friendship is an aspect or an, at least an important aspect of your guys' marriage and relationship? Oh, I think that's huge because we were friends first. You need to have the same types of interests because in the beginning, you have all this extra time. You know, you're dating, you're having fun. But then when you get into the nitty gritty of raising your family, life gets crazy. And it's so packed and it's so full. And so if you don't enjoy the same hobbies, if you don't enjoy the same way to recharge, then you end up pulling apart during that time. And so now we're empty nesters and the kids are gone. And if we hadn't worked on that friendship and strengthening through activities and, and emotional intimacy as well, we would have nothing. And yet now, the, even with the kids gone, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still crazy about you, even more crazy than I was a long time ago. And it just builds. I love that so much. Okay, so did you always have common interests or do you feel like you sometimes had to go on faith for his interests and then they became common? Or do you think that he got out of his comfort zone and, and, and went with you to some activities or some of your interests and then they became common as well? Well, I still remember at our wedding breakfast, we went around the room and had family members give advice. And Aunt Louise, she said, when he invites you to go, go, or he's going to stop inviting you. And so I always tried to keep that in mind. I really had the attitude of, if I don't know, I want to try, at least experience it. And I came from a family that wasn't super athletic, and yet he was. So when we got together, he taught me how to play racquetball. He taught me how to snorkel. But we had the same love of the outdoors. Like we both love anything outdoors. Four season, playing hard, coming home, feeling like you've been beaten with a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> for days, for days, that feeling lasts. <laughs> I especially appreciate that we both love camping because there are people who don't want to get dirty or they think it's an inconvenience, but that opportunity to reconnect with nature, that has, I think, been really powerful for, for us connecting as a couple, but also recharging individually. I'm also just thinking about the transformation of our family, like maybe the role and impact that Clayne and you played. I would say that our family plays hard. They, they love hard and they play hard. And I wonder how much that influence you being the older um, sister, that older sibling and the mentor for a lot of my younger aunts and uncles. Would we have that if it wasn't for Clayne and you and the, the can do <laughs> attitude like that? Oh, you're, you're so nice giving us so much credit. 
I, I, sometimes I feel like after a, a reunion or even a, a lunch or a dinner, I'm like, wow, I am beat. <laughs> like, we go to the pool together and it's not just the pool. It's, it's we need a vacation to recover from the vacation, <laughs> but this is what we do. This is, and I love it. I love that aspect about our family, but now I'm wondering if that's part of the origins that you not only build up your relationship, you build out, you build other relationships up and other experiences and, and memories that are created that supports that foundation overall. I would love that. I would love to think that we do that. That's so cool. I think one of the secrets to a long and happy marriage or relationship is communication. It is so hard to connect with your partner on a regular basis. I mean, you just have responsibilities. You have different work schedules. You've got running the kids to sports or music lessons and just so many things going on. And so I think I've talked to you about this before, but we usually walk every night after dinner and holding hands. And so it allows us to have that regular connection, that regular chance to chat and talk about things. And some people think that you need to schedule chats maybe and not talk about your responsibilities. But I feel like it's very helpful just to have that chance to download, but it doesn't linger too long. It's just like, oh, this was tough or this was hard. One of my friends suggested <laughs> this exercise. She calls high, low Buffalo. And we, we've talked about maybe at dinner time, you know, with your family saying what your high was and your low was of the day. And the Buffalo is a random thing that you want to share. <laughs> high, low Buffalo. I <laughs> High, low, buffalo. High, not low, ho, right. High, <laughs> low, buffalo. I'm already on board. I'm like, high, ho, buffalo. Like, there's only awkward and good here. <laughs> That's a good day. High, low, buffalo. I love that. Yeah. I have a friend who has a company. It's called mariesgold.com. And she is a love coach and a relationship expert with 25 years of experience. In fact, she wrote a book. She calls it the Romance Cookbook, and it's mm. delicious date ideas. But she's really into teaching people to play and embrace their relationships every day. She sent me some tips for communication, and that high-low buffalo was in there. But there were a couple of things that I thought might be kind of tricky, and one of them was called eye-gazing. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to sit facing the other person and you're both supposed to look at the other person's left eye, maintaining eye contact, and just start with one minute and working up to five minutes and just stare at the person. And then if you want, at the end, you can talk about what you felt. I'm like, I can't even imagine asking my husband, will you stare into my eyes for a minute? <laughs> I mean, I agree. The idea, you know, sometimes the experts, they give these kiss for so long or, or have a gratitude moment. And it feels, it feels false, especially in the beginning, because this wasn't maybe part of your relationship. It's something you're trying to incorporate and something you have to be vulnerable by expressing this hope for. But I think if you're really self-aware, very meta about this, like, this is going to be weird and we're probably going to laugh the whole time. This is going to be awkward or who knows if this will work. But if we could try this together, like give me a week, give, give me a week. What's to lose? Yeah. Well, we'll have a good laugh. See what I think. I don't think I could just come right out and say, will you gaze into my eyes for a minute? I think I would have to have a jar and just say, we're going to do some quirky ex experiments and just see if we like it, let's just change it up. And so if you pulled that out, you're like, oh, okay, all right, we'll do this. 
or that three minute kiss, you know, whatever those challenges are. And just the whole idea is to shock yourself out of that boring routine because we know we just kind of get in a rut and we start to take things for granted. It's just like driving the same direction every day to work. And if you suddenly change the route, it just feels different. You suddenly become conscious. I like both aspects. So I like the idea of being intentional. Like if this is something I really wanted to try, I think I would lead with vulnerability of this is why I want to try it. And this is why I think we should incorporate this. But if there's a lot of things you want to incorporate, like you don't want to be changing the scene every day. Like, (laughs) Hey, I heard about this and I heard about that. And so that's where, you know, the idea of the love jar or, you know, they have apps for this. Yes. They They have apps like couples apps. I will try to find them and and put them in the show notes. That would be great. Well, and one of the challenges that you have, and I've talked about this with Marie Wallace, she does an annual love and romance project and it's a a couples workshop. She said even singles can come to it, which I think would be kind of interesting. The challenge is that as soon as you start talking about changing something, your husband thinks I'm broken. The relationship is broken. I've done something wrong. Just tell me what you want me to do. And that's not what we want to have happen. And so I don't know how- Not just the husband. Same, same, same. I I feel this. I feel it too. No, but if you're the one suggesting it, I guess I would say the other partner feels like, okay, just tell me what I'm doing wrong. What am I not doing for you? Do Do I have to actually go to a conference? Do I have to spend a day gazing into your eyes to prove that I love you? Wait, wait. I thought things were going just fine. Tell me what I need to do. Like, spell it out for me. Another thing that is really important in a long-term relationship is that that person knows they are safe with you. I think it's really important that we never discuss negative things. Have you ever been out with people and there's one of the members of the relationship and they're criticizing their spouse in front of you or they're putting them down and it's so awkward for everyone. And especially if their spouse is just sitting right there and you're like, do you guys need to go in the other room and work this out? Cause please don't involve us. I think one of the best things you can do is in a crowd, look across the room and make eye contact and give them that, that wink, that little smile, that something that you're like, you're my person. And even though I'm surrounded by all these people, I see you. I love that. Am I going back to Avatar? I see you. Isn't that <laughs> I mean, I wish I had a tail every day and I wish they could, uh, we could connect through tails, but <laughs> I was a little blue person with a tail. That's all I want. What I love in that movie is just those little tendrils connecting, almost imagining like your emotions intertwining along with the physical. Wouldn't it be cool if you could actually visualize that? Well, because they can then tap into it. I do think that that movie does show like in that moment, it's intimacy. You you see everything. You see the you maybe their communication style, you see what really means something to them, their love language. Like all of a sudden it's like this, you're downloading. That's what feels really nice. Like you're downloading this instead of having to have conversations to do it or, or really good observation to do it also. Yeah. So you brought up love languages and we have talked about the five love languages. And I had someone suggest to me just this week, something I hadn't considered before. He said, what if your love language, the thing that you think is the way that love speaks to you is actually an unresolved need from your childhood. So say you grew up in a home where your your parents weren't demonstrative, where you didn't get hugs and kisses and squeezes. 
And now you're grown up and that's the thing that you crave from someone else. And you're saying, I have to have this in order to feel whole. He suggested, what if you actually just resolve the past childhood and you didn't force somebody to speak to you or communicate with you in a certain language? And I don't know what I think about that because I do think that we're all unique. And I think for some of us, we do need that physical touch. For some of us, we do need words of affirmation. His point was, say if gifts was your love language, he's like, I could hate you and give you a million gifts and you would feel loved, but you wouldn't really know the truth of how I felt. Right, right. No, I can see arguments on both sides. Um, For one thing, I think part of my love language is actually because it was expressed in my home and that was acts of service. So I saw my father serve his community, serve his family and give up his time and effort to make lives of other people that he loved easier. And that to me resonated as this is how you give love. Mm. And so that's the other side of it, that it is something that you've witnessed. So it's not a broken thing. It's actually a positive thing that you saw. You're like, this is what love must look like. Right. Cody, I've heard him express like, I mean, yes, physical touch, but not in the way that his family is not touchy feely. Like I've now made it a goal to hug every single person anytime I see them because I'm just going to give them a very squishy hug. And at first they pulled away a little. At first they're like, what is going on? People are touching me. But now when they come up to give me a hug first, I'm like, oh, we are doing this. We are changing this dynamic. I think that there is that unfulfilled need and that is still a part of you. But yeah, how would you resolve that on your own if, if not through your partner? Maybe this is something that is uh, therapy. <laughs> therapy, therapy, and, and also dynamic, very fluid. Maybe something was a priority once upon a time and then your schedules get hectic. So all you want is some quality time. All you want is to tune out from the world and maybe tuning into that every so often of, hey, this is maybe what it was before, but this is how I would feel loved right now. One of Marie's suggestions, which is not earth shattering, but makes so much sense is writing notes. And of course that goes into the words of affirmation, but it's sometimes I think we underestimate how little time it takes us to create something and what it feels like for the person to receive it. You know, telling your partner what you appreciate about them, hiding a note away. I have a Valentine's file. I actually pulled it out, getting ready for this. And I have these things. 31 years of marriage, people. Like, this is how you do it. You need a Valentine's boulder. I'm taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have all these corny little things that I usually put around the house on Valentine's Day or Valentine's Week. Well, I got these lace hearts. I wrote, I'm nuts about you. On the music player, the, the echo, it says, we make beautiful music together. Or I adore you on the door. While you be mine on the wall. <laughs> I've just flown since I've known you on the clock. Or what are you doing tonight, sweetie, on the faucet? <laughs> oh, I love it. And I love a good pun. This the worst is awesome. one. I- on the deodorant, my love for you won't wear off as the days wear on. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much. I need you to take a picture of all of these so I can start putting them up and I'll make my own little hearts. But that is so cute. I mean, I went over to my friend's house recently and I used the restroom because the restroom on the main floor was. Uh, in use. So I go into their bathroom and I see right above their toilet is this little sticky note and it says, are you Google? Because 
you are everything I'm searching for. Ooh. Yeah. And she just wrote this little note right above the toilet paper and little post-it note. It didn't even look like a heart, but I'm like, how freaking cute is my friend? Yeah. What about even just taking dry erase markers and writing on the bathroom mirror, little messages, and we can use technology, daily texts, emojis, things like that. But those little teeny tiny bits for connection, I think they're like a rope. You know, you just start to intertwine your, your lives and your hearts as we make those bids to remind the person, I'm thinking of you, you matter to me. I love that you say emotional bids, love bids. This is something that John Gottman talks a lot about. And he he also talks about like a love bank as well. Something that you are boosting up, collecting these positive situations and feelings like a buffer on the rest of the world. Or if you go through really hard times, you think, oh, but once upon a time we were on a beach. Okay. And it was really awesome. (laughs) Once upon a time, this is what the life looked like. And we had a really, you know, enough positive momentum and, and feelings that can get you through those tough things going on. Yeah. And those positive thoughts lead to positive feelings, positive actions, positive results. But going back to the beach, I just want you to know A lot of people think it'd be romantic to make love on the beach. Have you ever done it? No, but I want to. I do want to. Like, are you about to shatter this? uh, I mean, I feel like I'm going to get public indecency. That's been my only thing. (laughs) Well, you've got to be smart and you got to choose your location. (laughs) This is how I feel about kissing in the rain. I'm like, my hair is wet. Like, I know a lot of romantic movies are like, yes, but I'm like, mm, mm, mm. no, let's get into a dry place. This could be so much better. Sometimes I feel like um, shower sex can be this way. Like sometimes it's like really hot, but also, you know, with all that stimulation from the shower going on, yeah, it's hard to tune into it. So it's like, we can start there, but let's end up someplace a little... <laughs> Dryer so we can be. Absolutely. No, that totally, that totally makes sense. And just because something worked once, don't get in a rut. Don't assume that it has to be something like that. I highly recommend skinny dipping. If you can find a place where you're not going to get busted for public indecency. So I, I have to tell this story though. Make sure that the plug is in your boat if you do this. Is this a euphemism? No, no, no. This is not a euphemism. <laughs> this is, there's an actual plug that you drain out water on your boat and you have to put it in. My husband and I went up to meet some friends camping. We went up earlier in the day. So we had all day to take the boat out and we went to this little cove and we actually call it skinny dipping cove. We're swimming in the water first and I get back on the boat and there's about four inches of water in the bottom of the boat. And I'm like, why is there water in the boat? And he goes, I forgot to put the plug in. So our boat is literally sinking. We are a long way. We are probably 15 minutes away. Butt naked. Please tell me you're butt naked. Yes, we're butt naked. (laughs) He jumps on. Unfortunately, the motor starts. Our nose is 45 degrees out of the water because we've got so much water in the back. He's bailing and I'm trying to drive, (laughs) staring all over. And I'm trying to pull on some clothes and I'm looking around thinking, okay, the boat's going to go down. What do I need? What do I... It was terrifying, but now we look back and it's one of our funniest, happiest memories. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. I mean, Bear Lake is good for this. Just if we're going to give off locations here, we'll, we'll name drop some locations because it's shallow for a long ways. You can go like 
50 feet and you're still only up to maybe your chest. So you could <laughs> go a long way from, you know, camp <laughs> and park rangers before it becomes an issue. <laughs> um, I think a lot of this is shaking up the normal, mm-hmm. something that's going to tune you into each other because you've never been in this place before. And this is new and exciting and you get to see your partner in this new and exciting way. But I also like your friend as she's talking about doing this on the daily. I once heard a communication strategy. They said, maybe have a couch or a certain location that you have tough talks on. But first of all, who wants to designate furniture for that sort of negative you that's have to wear all a dunce cap at the same time. <laughs> right. That's how I, it feels. It's like, okay, but we're on the couch now. Like, I, I, no, I, I don't, I do not subscribe. Is like tranquil, like maybe everything outside the couch, but why would you even want to go back to that couch? Mm-hmm. I like your friend's idea more. Having this be a real life story, things are going to come up. Cody and I have literally been on a date and we were new parents. We didn't get a lot of those back then. And an argument ensued. Like this, this stuff happens. Aww. That doesn't mean that like, but we were tired and there were a lot of things. We, we didn't have enough FaceTime and that's real life. You get into an argument even on a date. So you can't wait for that couch. We can't talk about this right now because we're not on the <laughs> anger. I don't even remember what this couch was called. Oh, it's terrible. That is Maybe so- it's good that I can't cite the person or where I've heard this information because I am just bashing it right now. But <laughs> I like the idea of communicating even a bucket list of things that you'd like to do together when it can be just activities or it could be romantic things like that skinny dipping or making out or making love in a new location. I think that builds anticipation and just even talking about it feels sexy. It just sparks, you know, something better in the everyday. And then you can create a time or a way to make those things happen. Right. Or even doing a questionnaire. So then it's like, you didn't present that. You just had to answer yes or no. So it's not on you if it said, well, making out in a new location or, you know, trying something, a different position in bed. It was just the the questionnaires. Like you just had to answer yes or no. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really cool website and it's called the Dating Divas. I love the Dating Divas. So it's actually for married couples. They're trying to strengthen marriages through connection and dating. And I'm almost 99% positive that they do have some quizzes that you can get on their website to just ask, you know, would you rather do this or that? Oh, they have so many great resources. They have intimacy and bedroom ideas. They have home dates. Like that was the thing. Home dates. I, that's where I first found them. Like new parents can't go out all the time, but you want to make date night a thing somehow. And they have a lot of good home date ideas. Which is so cool. You can do the things you ordinarily do, but you can just spice it up or switch it up again with that anticipation. So I don't know what you think about this because I know they have tons of free printables so that you can like put a little note out or get your spouse excited about that. You can leave a note on their car window or I know as a woman, we think, oh, that's so cute. And that makes it fun. Do you think guys care about that? Yes. Yes and no. Like it depends on what you're asking, I should say. Does that build anticipation for them as well? Like, do they need a cute note or would they be just as happy with a sticky note? 
Like, cause we want to print up this cute thing. We want it to be packaged in a certain way. You know, we want to, to grab our honey's favorite candy bar and attach this love note that, you know, if you're out of this world, love note to the Mars bar or something like that. And whereas they would be probably just as happy with the candy bar. I don't know. I'm No, I think writing it is the intention or printing it off, whatever is easier. I think they're, they're making it possible for you to print it out and do whatever, but it's creating the ordinary and making it specialized for them. Like, I think it might be Nicholas Sparks, but uh, we don't just want to be loved. We want to be loved uniquely. Mm. And so Valentine's Day, all of this love stuff is just kosher until you have a person to put it to or or until Cody will bring home um, cookies and cream, Hershey's cookies and cream, or like the little, they're little round balls with nuts on them. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, just give me the chocolate balls, you know. But I think you can build that anticipation of something ordinary and make it more exciting. So when you give them- The a, intention is there. When you give them a sexy coupon for like one naked dessert, they're going to get way more excited about that than just having pudding after dinner. You know, it's like, honey, we're going to save your pudding for later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's say your game right now is just Netflix and chill. Like this is all you can muster. You can't figure out a date night maybe have an idea already in mind. Like instead of having the debate of what should we watch tonight? Sometimes if you make that decision already, they're going to go along with it. Like maybe they'll say no, but if you say, Hey, this is what we're going to watch. And the night, the theme night is romantic movies from the nineties or, or pretend to drive in movie and set up blankets and pads and pillows on the floor as if you were in the back of a pickup truck watching the movie and, you were going to do that anyways, but now you're, you know, you've made it a thing. You've, you've made that experience intentional. I think that they would get that. I think they would understand the intention. I don't think that they need special little love notes that, because the dating divas, they do go over the top, which I love because I yeah, am that way. But a ton of printables, but some of them are really fun. Like I liked one that said, imagine me in this. So just tucking, I don't know, a, a pair of panties in with, in an envelope and they open it up somewhere. Hopefully not at a business meeting. They open their briefcase. I hope it. at a business meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, or tonight I'm yours. But I do think we want to make the ordinary special. And we can do that with just a little bit of a change in, in setting, a change in lighting. You know, I'm not a super big candle fan. It's a hazard. <laughs> In fact, when we were designing our dream house, I had a fireplace in the master bedroom and my husband's like, you know, we're never going to use that. What? It's a bearskin rug. Like I've been dreaming of this my whole child, not childhood, but you know, teenage years. And you know, I would burn up, you know, I burn up just at the thought of being in front of the fireplace with you. And so we actually took it out of our bedroom we, we, because he's like, you know, you will never be allowed to have that on. So where real life meets fantasy. And so that's why I think the dating divas can have a lot of these colorful things. But if all you have is a notepad and a sticky note, then yeah, write it out on there. If all you have is a piece of lingerie, take that photo, send a text and say, I can't wait to put this on for you tonight and send it off. And hopefully he's not in that meeting. It's you can modify this any which way to fit your real life. And that's what I do love about your friend. It's still going out of your way, but real life capability here. 
sometimes people let finances get in the way and that shouldn't be a thing. You know, it's just as much fun to have a staycation if you can get rid of the kids as going somewhere else. You can recreate a little French cottage, you know, with pillows and lighting and the menu or whatever. You don't have to necessarily leave home to have that romance. Cody and I totally had a staycation one anniversary. And I mean, we went mini golfing. We went to a diner we had never been to uh, around town and just tried to experience our community differently. And we were on a budget. The year before we went out of town and plane tickets are expensive. We couldn't do that two years in a row. So just seeing each other in in a new place and one of my favorite shows actually is The Family Man with Nicholas, Nicholas Cage? Cage. Yes. So his wife comes in and she's like throwing off her boots. She's throwing off her clothes. And he's sitting there reading on the bed. She's like, kids are asleep. Kids are asleep, honey. Kids are asleep. And he's like, what? And she turns on uh, Wicked Games by Chris Isaac. So all of a sudden, it is a good, it is a good sexy song. You can, But she turns on Chris Isaac and, you know, she has her flannel shirt that she's trying to be seductive with of like (laughs) and he's like well should we get the champagne should we open up a bottle and she's like oh that's really cute but you know that you're going to be passed out like it's 10 o'clock and you're going to be passed out by 11 and take real life but it can still be romantic and and she's saying you know what let's just skip that foreplay i'm like ready (laughs) right right she's saying kids are asleep honey kids are asleep throwing stuff up One other really cheap date, I think, is to recreate your first date because most likely you didn't spend a lot of money on that. If that's at all possible, I think that's kind of romantic. That is super cute. Or maybe a favorite date if your first date sucked. (laughs) Right, right. I'm trying to think, what was, did we call it dating or did we just end up going to a movie or? uh... We did this group date and we were bowling for kisses. And so if you got a strike, you got a kiss. And if you got a spare, I think you got a kiss on the cheek or something. And if you got a turkey, you got a dip kiss. What's a a turkey? That's three strikes in a row. (laughs) I will never get a dip kiss, ever. I am a terrible bowler, but it's so much fun. Maybe I'll get lucky and get one strike and one kiss and one kiss on the cheek. But mostly I'm just going to be really amped up by the time we leave that bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) So John Gray, he wrote... Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Even though John Gottman thinks that we're from the same planet. <laughs> we're not. We're n- we know we're not. <laughs> well, so John Gray wrote Beyond Mars and Venus as well. Like he's taken it another level. He's evolved as we've all evolved. He has this quote We often feel chemistry with a person who more fully expresses qualities that complement the qualities of ourself. Though embracing the complementary qualities in our partner, we awaken those qualities within ourselves. Complementary, not necessarily compatible, that they can be opposite and that can still be attractive. They could be better than you at something and that's attractive or something that you lack, they have to support that rather than finding that a difference and a fear. That's so, so powerful. I love that. I think Cody are far more complimentary than compatible. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to teach each other different worlds. But that's what makes you so wonderful together is because it is exciting when they expose you to something you hadn't known before, something you hadn't experienced, something you hadn't thought about. 
sharing braids intimacy, sharing yeah. or sharing a touch or sharing a conversation or having a different experience on the same situation. There's a yeah. reason why I think we're together because he gives me that. I don't want to be married to me. I don't necessarily like me all the time. <laughs> if I'm trying to grow, then I, I found this person to grow with because they aren't me. They're better in some ways. I love that. So common hobbies versus not common hobbies. As you were trying to step out of your comfort zone and do things more athletic, I feel like Cody is, if I'm reading a book, he buys the book. He reads the book too. Wow. I didn't even realize this for a long time, how much he's tried to incorporate our lives together. If I'm into something, he knows all about it. He's read all about it. He's having conversations about it. I don't think you have to have the exact same. I think it's awesome to support it. Like my husband will go to the theater. It's not super important to him, but he will go with me. And then I know the line. I don't push him to Shakespeare, <laughs> but I can push him. You know, he doesn't to, go to the Shakespearean festival. No, he's not really into that. No, no. He, you, and I don't drag him to movies with subtitles. Yeah. I just know the line. <laughs> Cody, I mean, still, he told me he loved chick flicks. And then I find out later on, after we've been married for five years, no, the movie theater is reserved for action movies and explosives and things that need a big screen. I was hoodwinked. What if that's the only reason why I married you? You lied to me. (laughs) I still remember when your mom and dad got married. Your mom was like, we have so much in common. We both like convertibles and we hate tomatoes. And I was like, really? That's what your marriage is based on? <laughs> okay, but my marriage is based on we hate mustard. Yes. We only buy mustard for and pickles. We don't like and pickles. Pe- you don't like pickles? Uh, teriyaki sauce, barbecue sauce are two things you won't find in our fridge. Well, and I think food is something that can be so building. I mean, you can do a, a class together learning to make food or you can just making something together. I still remember when my husband and I were dating, we were making meatballs to take to an activity later. In between, we were like dancing in the kitchen. We had the music on. And I think it just, it spills over into other things. I think music and food are two winners. Yes. Have music on every time you're cooking or even uh, Cody and I recently if we're doing the dishes or we're cooking and it's just one of those nights, we'll put on Netflix on our phone. We'll be watching this together in the kitchen together and we're cooking. And just because, I mean, conversation and all of this can be so nice, but sometimes you just want to not talk. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just want to cook dinner. Like it's a task that needs to be done, but you're doing it together and you're enjoying it in this way. Like don't work against what's already there. Find ways to incorporate the things that you like to do together and, and making it a positive experience instead of like a negative experience. And then saving dessert for later. <laughs> Maybe dessert in the bedroom. Yeah. Cody's not about food in the bedroom. Hmm. He loves food very much, loves the bedroom very much, but putting them together, he whipped cream. I think he's just like, nope. Well, and I think also incorporating those other senses. I think anything blindfolded is better. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> now I'm really going to get no, feedback. Have you ever been blindfolded and all of a sudden you can hear everything better? Or if you've ever had earplugs in, all of a sudden, like your senses are going to compensate yeah. or the lack thereof. So why not include different senses? Perfect. Yeah. So other fun things you could do. I really like the idea of a tech-free date and especially most of what we do together is outdoors. So I wear one earphone so that I can have my music and then I can still hear him and have conversation. I like music when I'm out in nature. And Real life marriage right there. Like you're doing both things. See? <laughs> I got my own playlist because I think everything is better with music. <laughs> yes, this is what the Disney princess in us. We <laughs> yes, I need the background song. The hills are alive. <laughs> Pretty sure you guys have taken spontaneous road trips. Have you done that? Like, do you yes. just get in the car and say, we're going to go somewhere, pack a bag and bring a swimsuit? I mean, you always bring the swimsuit. My mother taught me you always bring a yes. swimsuit, even yes. for like a night over. You Somehow you end up in a hot tub or a pool, or these were my expectations growing yes. up. You're I've been disappointed most of the time, <laughs> but I still bring that swimsuit because sometimes you're in Idaho and it's uh, January and they don't sell that at Walmart. <laughs> you cannot go buy a, a swimsuit anywhere yeah. in January in Idaho. So you guys have done road trips though? Yes. Less spontaneous, but hopefully in the future we can be more, we have to plan the spontaneity. I once told Cody, like, I want a break. I just want to snap. Like I once heard of my uncle, he drove to uh, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Like I, I feel like I'm headed for a nervous breakdown. I'm just going to drive tomorrow. After you come home from work, I'm going to drive to Mount Rushmore. He's like, I don't think you can really plan an I snapped moment. <laughs> I like how you're making room for this, but don't think that really is how it works. So hopefully in the future, we'll get to be more spontaneous as <laughs> Bells gets older. But what about you? Where have you guys gone? We're not spontaneous with trips. Not at all. Not at I mean, all. Are you planning your ice snap moments too? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, that's why we have a hot tub in the backyard. That's where, I, if I'm going to snap, I just go to the hot tub. And there's something about soaking in the hot water that just brings it all down. <laughs> I'm just going to come to your house. My, my next spontaneous vacation will be a phone call, at least before, of like, hey, <laughs> Cody and I are coming up to sit in your hot tub and have a nice weekend visit. Oh, my gosh. We were out of town for Christmas. And so we told our neighbors, you're welcome to come over and use the hot tub. They live across the street. And... We're close enough that they could bring their baby monitor. They could actually hear if their little kids wake up. And I just was like, hey, if, any, if you guys want to come over any night and use the hot tub, you know, just feel free. And I didn't say, like, you have to wear suits or not or anything. Because of the storms that were coming in, we ended up coming home a day early. And just as we're pulling down the street, they have our garage open, and they were stuffing some of their extra Christmas wrappings and stuff in our trash can, and they were going to take our trash out for us. But they looked like they'd been busted for something more than that. She had texted and said, is that okay if we use it? So I, I couldn't figure it out. And then the next day she goes, oh my gosh, my husband was dying because we had decided we were going to come over and use your hot tub after we got the trash out and the kids to bed. And then you guys pull in and she's like, we are mortified at the thought that we would have been in your hot tub. And I'm like, but we told you to use it. So I don't know. It was just so funny. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I mean. 
sometimes that's real life. My parents, they were always very affectionate. And I knew that that was a priority in their relationship. And I felt like it needed to be a priority in my marriage as well. Also a good indicator of how marriage is going, how often and how intimate we are having sex. I don't know if that's the same for everybody. So I don't want to put that generalized out there. So I feel like your life together are bricks and I feel like physical intimacy is the mortar. It's what really holds it in place. For most women, honestly, even if you're not in the mood, once you get there, once you commit, you're going to be glad. There's not a time where you're like, that was a bad idea. That was a real big waste of my time. (laughs) (laughs) I I really love that. I love that it is the mortar. At first, I thought you were going to say it wasn't that important, but it is. It's so It's the frosting on the cake. It's the glue that holds things together. And so I think it's a need, but also it's more than just something you have to fulfill or a wifely duty or or partner duty. Enjoy that. And you are so right. There's never been a time like, wish I just got to bed. (laughs) (laughs) There are some times it's like two in the morning. It's like, oh, tomorrow's going to be hard, but worth it. But worth it. (laughs) And what I always notice is that my husband is so much sweeter and so much kinder and so much mellower. Like if we're going to have company or if things that I know are stressful, I know if if I can create that sense of intimacy, then it just softens the edges. It just makes him be like, you know what? She's worth it. She's worth it. She's worth it. No, I think so. Sometimes I realize that Cody and I start bickering. I'm like, okay, I guess it's been a few days. (laughs) So there's another podcast called uh, One Extraordinary Marriage Show. It's a husband and wife partnership. Their show is incredible. They have so many tips and what really started them on this intimacy challenge is they did a 30 days of sex challenge. To make love every day? (laughs) Every day for 30 days, which is quite the commitment. If you think about it, there's even a 60 day love challenge that they've done. And they said that you're less inclined to argue with your partner when you know you're going to be having sex with them later. (laughs) When the night's going to end in that, you want to set up a good, and they were both committed. They obviously had, they made the time for it. They said it was transformative. Cody and I've never been able to fit that in our schedule. Like at least, I mean, maybe every other day, but like every single day, you know, there's going to be, you're going to miss it every now and then, but they had to, get creative. They had to really learn about each other and keeping it spicy. And they've been married for years, decades, a way to jumpstart things. Yeah. So just look at your life and say, could I increase it? And I, I think men really do appreciate it when women do initiate it because then they feel more confident that she's present, that she's going to enjoy it. I do think as women, we're better if we get in our head first. So I think when we set it up and we do those invitations with whatever the sticky note or the printable from Dating Divas, I think it just gets us in the mood and it gets us looking forward to that. But I think they enjoy it so much more when they can tell we're engaged, we're having a good time. Right. Oh, absolutely. And that we're thinking about it as well. And if anything, I feel like, I don't know if the roles are a little different in that, in my, in my house, usually I'm like, but Cody, it's been three days. 
<laughs> not saying that begging is a good way to get it. Because <laughs> never really, it's not always worked out for me. I wouldn't say never, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> there are times that you have a different level of libido than your partner, but sometimes you have to have the conversations or what's helped is actually maybe I don't want to have sex necessarily, but I know you're tired. Can we just make out for five minutes? Can we just have like some, some time? Right, right. Or where you're pleasing your partner and then you can go to bed. Like that is totally been a scenario both ways, but Mm -hmm. you're taking care of that need and understanding what you really need. Maybe it's just the intimacy that that connection not maybe the whole shebang or it's like okay quickie you're on we don't have a whole night to make it you know till two in the morning we really have that meeting early but to make it what do I can do like yeah 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 because being rejected never feels good so something in whether it's going to be later tonight or tomorrow morning I'll, I'll wake you up or I'll meet you in the shower whatever I think it's really important that our no is a yes (laughs) I think so too. I understand this when I'm on the end of the no. I feel so self-righteous in that moment of like, but make it somewhat of a yes. Like this is hard. This really hurts. And then the time when I'm really tired. Oh honey, but I'm just really tired. (laughs) You want to make it a yes. So having this space and that compassion that it goes both ways of they once felt like that too. Leave shame out of the bedroom. If it is just a no, if they are really tired and they, you know, snuggle you a little bit, okay, great. Don't bring that on to the next day or, or start a tally line. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not a, a fun and safe place. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> In all things. <laughs> <laughs> arguments, sags. What do you mean? No, but I thought you loved me. <laughs> I don't mean just. In- no, it's a good mantra. You're absolutely right. It's I mean, that- the relationship is a marathon, but it needs to be a fun marathon. It needs to be more like an adventure quest or something like that. Don't think of it. <laughs> think of it like Jumanji. They're working together on some goal together. It's not about drudgery. Recognizing that Marriage is going to have undulations. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Like you said, having that love bucket filled enough that on a downtime. When it is just drudgery and it feels like just drudgery for weeks on end, but your love bucket is full enough or you're so. Or you can give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. Wow, that felt really unloving, but I know that they love me. So maybe we can't talk about it right here. We're not going to talk about it in public, but maybe on our next walk, I'm going to bring up that felt unloving or for a man that felt disrespectful. I agree. I think giving that benefit of the doubt, there's been multiple times of like, I've had to be in my car and think about all the nice things that Cody has done for me (laughs) or done for me that week times when he's been the opposite of what I'm thinking in that moment and really trying to tune in and be mindful of that. I think we have a negative biasy. We can find all the reasons that support our feelings in that moment when we're angry or upset for whatever the reason is if it's a projection if it's a defense mechanism being intentional about okay but he loves me and this is why these are sometimes you have to bring the evidence up forth it's helped me and it's easier to find that evidence 
if it's there all the time. That sticky note, that text, that thing that you can go back and look at, if it's an object, something that they've done nice for you, tapping into that on a regular basis keeps that love bucket full. So I was going to ask you, do you guys have a cute pet nickname for each other? Do you have something that you call each other? We did when we were younger, and now we write it on our Christmas presents or any Valentine's presents. We don't call each other this anymore, but I was Squeaks, and (laughs) Cody was Koala. (laughs) So we find ways to bring it up, but we don't articulate it out loud very often. When you use that, it evokes a memory or a feeling? Yeah, yeah, both, both, and definitely to those early days. Do you and Clayne have? You know what? I've never had a nickname. It's terrible. But I really appreciated his parents. They had nicknames for each other. And I think they were so sweet. So he called her such. And I could never figure out why he called her such. Then she talked about that they read this poem. And it talked about all these qualities in someone. And it said, if you find such a one, make them your own. And so he called her such. And she called him Dar short for darling. And I just thought it was so sweet. It just, they were terms of this endearment and they would say it in front of other people. It wasn't just exclusive to them, but it did show this tenderness in their relationship, this romantic side that I didn't expect from them. I love that so much. I've never had a nickname and not one that is used like that. Or even a phrase. I mean, if you think about Princess Bride, whenever he said, as you wish, that he meant, I love you. So just trying to create those things that bring in that feeling of love and respect and romance. In the show notes, I'll put, there's a website called findnicknames.com. If you're looking for a nickname, they have everything from the common traditional things, you know, love, sweetie. There's even like my queen, my prince. I'm like, what? 19th century things like dove and poppet. Poppet. My little little honey sop, mopsy. (laughs) Mopsy. (laughs) Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. <laughs> Nicknames we don't want, like, how about Pumpkin Butt? <laughs> yes, never Pumpkin Butt. Pudding Pop. Uh, <laughs> P- pudding, no, no, no pudding. Mookie Pookie Poo. Maybe Mookie Pookie Poo, if it's said a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Dork. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, one time Cody did say I looked very sexy dork and Disney-esque, and I think those were the best compliments he's ever given me. Oh, oh nice. Disney-esque nice. and sexy dork. I'm like, okay, you know me. <laughs> I can be sexy, but I'm also really nerdy. <laughs> what about sugar booger? No. <laughs> Boogers are not sexy. They are not. <laughs> no. There's so many sugars. There's sugar britches, sugar daddy, sugar lip, sugar mama, sugar muffin, sugar pie, sugar puff, sugar smacks. Oh, gosh. That's a cereal. Which makes me think of uh, my honey bunches of oats. (laughs) And then then they have couple pair nicknames. So you can choose donut and Danish, fire and ice, cinnamon and sugar, whatever. But I do remember the only nickname I ever had for Clayne He was on a softball team when we were dating. A lot of us who had boyfriends on the team. And so we would sit there. And one of my friends, she was calling to her husband about to bat. She's like, go, my little stud muffin and stuff. So when Clayne got up, I just was like, come on, cupcake. And (laughs) it stuck. And actually, the next season, he had cupcake on the back of his shirt. 
That takes a real man. <laughs> oh, Clayton is definitely, he's a real man. He's a Viking. He should have been born a gladiator, but um, he's definitely a real man. So I love that cupcake would be on his uniform. But I also think it's like what you want to give that intention to. So if you made him a cupcake, you wrote him a note and happened to write cupcake at the end. And that's going to invoke, like you said, that, that moment, that time, those feelings. You would have to be something that made us laugh for sure. Yeah. Oh, Cody and I too. <laughs> I can't imagine the couple that's like, oh, yes, I want to be fire and you are ice. And <laughs> it have to be really ironic. But I think that's what makes it special. Uh, Cody, he would trace like a heart or trace I love you just on my arm or on my hand or something. And so that's romantic. Sometimes I will do that. He would also try to like spell out lots of things and I can't spell at all. So I'm trying to interpret what I'm feeling on my, on my arm or something into words. <laughs> like, wait, wait, slow down, slow down, do it again. <laughs> yeah, but finding the nuances of your relationship. Things that are unique to that person. Mm-hmm. And like Cody wakes up in the morning and he rubs his feet on the on the floor by the bed like he's kind of giving them a massage before he wakes up entirely and I love that about him like it's something I've watched him do and I've never seen anyone do this before like we're getting ready in the morning (laughs) rubbing our feet on the floor (laughs) and it's him all right you can call him twinkle toes from now on (laughs) twinkle toes twinkle toes you can call him twinkle toes (laughs) well that's why like funkle clean too or aunt cody like you get to decide what that person means to you but i think don't forget to remind them what they mean to you and if it seems too corny or squishy mooey gooey love stuff that that's just not your thing find something that is and let them know and that's the most important thing say i love you every day And use words sometimes. I like that. (laughs) Did you tell that to Katie at her wedding? Is that her advice to her? (laughs) What's the movie with Richard Gere? Oh, it's called Shall We Dance? Do you remember that movie? No, but I love Richard Gere. I do too. J-Lo is in it. And she is a dance instructor. He's really bored with his life. He rides home on the train and he sees this dance studio and he actually sees J-Lo looking out the window and he's kind of intrigued by her and has this little crush. And so he decides to start taking dance lessons, but he doesn't want his wife to know. And so he's gone and she's realizing there's something different about him and he kind of seems happier. And so she hires a private investigator to find out if he's having an affair. And the investigator comes back and he's like, no, he's not having an affair. He's just taking dance lessons. (laughs) And (laughs) towards the end, when she meets with the private investigator and he's giving her the news, he asks her about marriage and he says, why is your marriage important to you? And she said, we need a witness to our lives. There's a billion people on the planet. I mean, what does any one life really mean? But you're in a marriage. You're promising to care about everything. The good things, the bad things, the terrible things, the mundane things, all of it, all the time, every day, you're saying your life will not go unnoticed because I will notice it. Your life will not go unwitnessed because I will be your witness. I love that so much. Yeah. Someone that's going to know the full extent of you. And I think that that's where being vulnerable comes into play. Like it's okay to be weird and geeky if that's you. 
I think the more we try to resist those things that we think are unpleasant, we're just blocking off that part of us. If we articulate them, if we, in whatever way, words, emotions, feelings, but let our partner know what we need. Yeah, that's really powerful. We get to be a witness for each other and, and a booster. We're not meant to navigate this life on our own. So John Gottman did say people who stay married live four to eight years longer than people who don't. For your health, invest (laughs) in your marriage to live long and prosper. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Mm. But yeah, so I, I think that you and I, we've been really blessed in marriage, but I think that that blessing did take work. And oh, did, it does take work. It didn't did. It's not in the past. It yeah, does. Right. And so <laughs> I think sometimes when people talk to us, like I had a friend once say, well, Kira and Cody never argue. Yeah. Because we love each other and we're going to keep it private. <laughs> we're not going to air that out in the world. Not because I care what you think, but because I care what he thinks. I mean, the dating divas and one extraordinary marriage show, like these are amazing things. And this shows what everyone is striving for. The only way I can even read Dating Divas thinking like, I bet she's in her pajamas right now and she's typing this out. (laughs) This is way too perfect. I need some real life or the fact I can write it on a sticky note instead of if my printer is broken and (laughs) or my ink cartridge is out of color ink. (laughs) Which means do I buy a new ink cartridge or a new printer? Because honestly, it's aces. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) But yeah, that real life. High, low, buffalo, and twinkle toes.